All right, I invite Nancy to come forward to share with us. And can I pray with you? So Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Nancy and for her love for you. And we pray now, Lord, that as she shares from your word, that you would give her authority and anointing so that the words she speak would be your words. And Lord, please prepare all of our hearts to receive the good news she has for us today, that we might be built up in you. For we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. One of the things that uh, I appreciate about the Anglican tradition is the number of scripture passages read at each service and that the passages are tied together around a theme. And today's scriptures point us to the theme of God's glory. A lot can be said about the passages, uh, but I will try to limit my message to three questions that came to my mind as I read the passages for today. First, why was Jesus transfigured? Second, what is God's glory? And third, what does any of this have to do with us today? So first, why was Jesus transfigured? I think it's helpful to look earlier in Luke chapter 9 to get the context for when this happened. So in Luke 9, verse 20, Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. The disciples have finally begun to realize who Jesus is. And immediately after that, in verse 22, we're told that Jesus begins to prepare them for his crucifixion and resurrection. In verse 26, Jesus speaks of his glory. He says, Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. And then finally, in verse 27, he says that some of those who were listening to him at that time would not taste death before they would see the kingdom of God. And then Luke tells us, about eight days after all this happened, Jesus took with him Peter, John, and James, his inner circle, his closest friends and the disciples. He took them to spend some time with him in prayer. And during that time, Jesus was transfigured. Transfigured means that Jesus' appearance was changed. In verse 29, we read that his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. This is not a vision, okay? This actually happened before their very eyes. One minute, Jesus is normal looking. And the next moment, he is radiating light. And not just a glow, but like a flash or a bolt of lightning, as an aside, <laughs> did any of you read the, the uh, news report a couple of weeks ago about a bolt of lightning that stretched nearly 500 miles? Anybody read that? Uh, yeah, it's okay. A few news junkies here. Um, <clears throat> it stretched across three U.S. states 
across Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. It set a, a record. I didn't even know they measured these things, but apparently they do. And when I read that news item, I immediately thought of what Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 24, verse 27. He says, For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus' second coming will be like a flash of lightning that illuminates the whole sky over the whole world, not just 500 miles of it. Now, actually, lightning is mentioned many times in Scripture as a symbol of the majesty, the power, and the glory of God. For example, on Mount Sinai, when God was giving the law, there are numerous references to thunder and lightning. And when Jesus appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus, Paul says, a light from heaven flashed all around him. So the flash of lightning at the transfiguration is not just a one-off event. (laughs) It's really a symbol. It's as if uh, a curtain is peeled away and they see Jesus as he really is in all his glory and majesty. Scripture teaches us that Jesus laid aside his glory to become a man. This does not mean that he was no longer the son of God. He was still the son of God. But it meant that for a time, his glory was hidden behind human skin. But on this occasion, he let his glory shine through again. I ask myself, why? And I think there are several reasons why, but for today, I just want to mention that one of the reasons was to confirm and strengthen his disciples' newfound faith in him as their Messiah. The three disciples that he chose to see this all later became leaders in the early church. I'm sure that the memory of the transfiguration was seared on their minds. In fact, Peter and John both refer to it in their later epistles. The transfiguration proved to them that Jesus is more than a prophet. He truly is the Son of God. And I imagine that after the resurrection, it all just kind of clicked for them. (laughs) And they realized that the transfiguration was sort of a preview of the resurrected Jesus in all his glory. So, what is God's glory? Our Old Testament lesson this morning was taken from Exodus chapter 34, where we read that Moses' face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. In fact, Moses had just spent 40 days and nights with God on Mount Sinai, receiving the Ten Commandments for the second time. And when he came down from the mountain, his face was glowing with the reflection of God's glory. Again, we should look at the context of this account. In chapter X of Exodus chapter 33, just the chapter before our lesson for today, 
Moses asked for the Lord's presence to go with him in leading Israel to the promised land. He needed reassurance that God was with him. And in verse 18, Moses says to God, Show me your glory. To which God responds, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And God did that very thing. It's recorded in the early verses of chapter 34, where we read, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. And all of this was in response to Moses asking God to show him his glory. So what is the glory of God? I believe it's his character. It's his goodness, his love and compassion, his forgiveness and mercy and grace, his justice and holiness. This is who God reveals himself to be to Moses. God has also revealed himself to us through his son, Jesus. John, an eyewitness to the transfiguration, wrote in his gospel, John chapter 1, verse 14, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So what does any of this have to do with us today? Well, the epistle for today helps us make that connection, where we read in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 3 that Moses used a veil think a little bigger than our masks, maybe, used a veil to hide his face from the people so that they would not see that the radiance was fading away. Moses met regularly with the Lord in the tent of meeting, and each time he did, the radiance returned. But then it would gradually fade away again, and in that sense, it was temporary. But Paul says, in verse 18 of his epistle, he says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Paul is not speaking about faces glowing. He's speaking about lives being transformed to be more Christ-like in character. And not as a temporary thing, but with ever-increasing glory. And how does Paul say this happens? By contemplating the Lord's glory. In other words, by looking to Jesus. Focusing our thoughts on him 
spending time in his presence through prayer, through reading his word, by cooperating with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Will people see a difference on our faces? Perhaps. After all, what is happening in our heart is often reflected on our face, right? But glow or no glow, (laughs) spending time with Jesus will change us. Two things I'd like us to take away from this message today. Number one, as we go about our daily lives in this physical world, let us also recognize through eyes of faith that Jesus, the Lord of glory, is right here with us as well. Just the other side of the curtain, so to speak, in another dimension of reality. And his love and compassion and grace and mercy are the same yesterday, today, and forever. May this truth strengthen us in our journey of faith, no matter what our circumstances. Jesus is here with us. And the second thing to take away is that as followers of Jesus, we are called to reflect his glory, his character in this broken world, to show his love and compassion in our words and actions. And we cannot do this in our own strength. But praise God, he has given us his spirit to accomplish this transformation of our lives from the inside out. May this truth ignite in our hearts a deep desire to continue to grow in our knowledge and love of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your word, for the account of the transfiguration, for the fact that you are the Lord of glory. You, Lord Jesus, are with us each and every day. Open our eyes to see you. Stir in our hearts a hunger to know you better. We pray in your holy name. Amen.